All right. So, um, okay, we're going to do this. All right. Um, yeah. It's it's uh it's been a while. It's been a long time coming, but where am my, I? My my co-host finally, <laughs> finally decided to watch something that we talk about on this podcast. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna be discussing the Mandalorian. Okay, so um, Mandalorian, um, if if you're if you have a pulse, if you're breathing, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've at least heard of or seen pictures of uh, the show called Mandalorian. It's the first ever live action Star Wars television series. Te- television series. Um, you could say that the breakout hit from at the end of last year when it, when it first debuted. Um, mainly because of what we knew back then as Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that here all in just a second. But uh, Chris, uh, what's up, man? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's weird. Like every, I used to walk in this room and it looked black and white, but now that I got Disney Plus, everything just looks a little more colorful. You understand references yeah. of your surroundings, yeah, more or less. Kind of, sort of, not. Really. Yeah, I'm still a little, I'm still a little empty-headed up here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, you said it. You were not thinking me. it. You were thinking it. Well, all of our listeners think it. <laughs> We still have those? No. <laughs> but uh, and that's another thing. We'll 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 get into that here uh, later on about uh, hey where we've been, where we're going, things like that. But for now, uh, Mandalorian. So um, you know if you if you if you know me, um, you know I'm you know a, a pretty avid Star Wars fan. I'm not like deep in the deep in the weeds as they say with knowledge and, and all other stuff. I haven't I never read all the. Expanding universe novels and you don't have an episode ten like script saved up on your computer somewhere, not anymore. Okay, good. Um, Nine just threw all of that out of the way. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Continuity. That's still that's still a touchy subject, sir. (laughs) Um, But you, um, you barely heard about Star Wars uh, like two years ago. Yeah, Uh, my only knowledge of the Star Wars was the was it was the prequel trilogy. Unbelievable. How are we friends? <laughs> That's not every fucking day. <laughs> oh, man. Um, anywho, so um, in, in, in uh, a quick nutshell, uh, what what do you think of, of Mandalorian? Or what made you actually decide, hey, I want to watch this? Uh, Actually, it's a culmination of a couple of things. Um, we've been doing end-of-the-year episodes for this show and every year you out movie watch me <laughs> so this year i no. wanted to watch more movies than you so it's <laughs> so not about when, liking the fan base or yeah, the, the franchise it was almost out of spite yeah and so when, <laughs> at least you admit it <laughs> when onward and soul and mulan and all these other movies that weren't gonna go to the theaters because we're living in a pandemic they ended up on the on the disney plus app and i was like well you know what now that season two is about to finish, I can actually I'll get my money's worth for a good month or two, and just like I in, in one weekend I binged season one, and then during the week leading up to the season finale I binged season two, so I sucked all that in in about as a span of ten days. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. man, that's so fine. it I mean... felt like a, it felt like. Like I just saw like three Star Wars movies. Like yeah, that was the next trilogy right there in between. In between Jedi and um, the new shit, yeah, the new stuff. 
shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Force Awakens. I was trying to look for the title. So but that shit, it yeah. wasn't just out of curiosity. It was more about spite. Okay, yeah. gotcha. All right. So uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I think I might have said this on an earlier episode, but I just again. A lot of stuff has happened this year, and one of them is the you know the the progress of this show. Yeah, ba- basically came to a halt for various reasons. But um, one of the things I said I was going to do was after Mandalorian season one ended, was I was going to do a recap episode, just talking about it, my thoughts, my view, blah blah blah. Uh, but I just never got around to doing it. And then when season two was about to come out, I was like, okay, that's a perfect time to do that episode I never did the first time. But and who then, else did you know that watched the show? Nobody. <laughs> it's the most talked about show, and nobody knows watches it. So, uh, but besides, how that, odd is that though? Because yeah. I, because because I'm on the other side of that fence where I was here. I was watching every other every other week on Facebook. Baby Yoda memes, Mandalorian memes, do doom do doom. People's ringtones, text alerts everywhere. Right. And for whatever reason, whether it was by choice or by force, I just the force i just chose not to watch it yet and it just it, it sounded like from the people that i knew you're trying pe- to fight you were trying to fight the tide kind of yeah yeah, yeah. that's like, how like, that's how it was with me and doctor who there you like go. I, I held off for so long and i was like fuck i gotta know every time i go we would go to conventions like there's someone dressed up as somebody i don't What's know that rolling thing yeah, yeah. If, and, and, I, I, and I came to be to, I came to realize if it's something if it was a cosplay of something I didn't know what it was it was probably Doctor Who mm-hmm. so you're probably in the same boat with just everything else yeah. in existence <laughs> okay yeah slowly but surely I'm knocking yeah. them off the list one at a time yeah. <laughs> 40 year franchise at a time yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting there yeah yeah um, but yeah I just for whatever reason I just when some for me when something's too overhyped Mm-hmm. It kind of scares me away a little bit, and that's already knowing the Star Wars fan base is, to my, for my personal opinion, one of the most toxic, as far as yeah. like criticism. Yeah. Like they they can they they you can, they can find one flaw and they can take that bitch for a walk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know it's funny, and we'll, I'm not going to spend too much time on this part because we'll we'll talk about it later in the episode. But um, Ahsoka, when we see Ahsoka on the show, mm-hmm. people were bitching because her little head tendril things they weren't as long as they were in the cartoon that's that's the level of toxicity yeah in this fan base so but, but anyway that's well, like i said we'll, we'll talk about all that goodness later on mm-hmm. uh in the show but Sounds uh, delicious mm, yes um <laughs> so before we get into that I, I did want to mention a couple of things about the show just in general now this show is the 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 brainchild or love child or whatever you want to call it of john favreau mm-hmm. now john favreau you know, obviously, you know, director Iron Man. Happy. Happy. Elf. Yeah, he's yeah. done. The man, when when he puts his mind to it, he can accomplish anything. But in this particular case, um, there was a quote that I found uh, of him that I wanted to read out to you real quick. It says, from John Favreau, I'm trying to evoke the aesthetics of not just the original trilogy, but the first film. Not just the first film, but the first act of the first film. What was it like on Tatooine? What was going on in that cantina? That has fascinated me uh, since I was a child, and I love the idea of the darker, freakier side of Star Wars, the Mad Max aspect of Star Wars. And that quote, I think, kind of sums up the what's charm of the show, I think. 
and just the vibe and the feeling that you get while watching this show. For me, uh, we'll get into like episode one real quick. Just the opening, just the just seeing certain things in episode one of the show. Um, if I was a more emotional guy, I'd be getting teary eyed about it. But it was just you know, kind of thinking like how Kevin Smith does reviews. Like he gets all emotional, he yeah. gets all teary eyed and everything. This was the the love and respect that was put into this show through production value, through set pieces, through storytelling, through the characters that they brought in. Puppetry. It, yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, and I think that going back to that quote, he was trying to evoke all that that we love about Star Wars and put into the show. That's and, more of a... It sounds like it's more of a mission statement that he wanted everybody to understand and be aware yeah. of before they even got in front of or behind the camera. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And this show, the theme of it, I mean, it, the the Western vibe of it being on, you know, the outer rims of the galaxy and mm-hmm. um, dealing with like the low end aspect of Star Wars. I love that concept of it not <laughs> absolutely being about the Skywalkers and mm-hmm. that the, the main trilogy of films and the, the, the movie franchise, we could actually spend time with live action, uh, just different aspects of that without having to go, Hey, remember that one thing in that one movie from, you know, <laughs> but granted that's what it is it's in that world. Yeah. And you get the sense that it's in that world, in that universe, like taking point, like the first, in the first episode, I freaked out when he, you know, he's, he's walking down the street and you know, he, he goes in that building and you know, four stormtroopers turn around and looks at him, you know, it's like, Oh shit, I almost forgot this is star Wars, yeah. but here I am. There's freaking, you know, stormtroopers. There, there, there wasn't even a lightsaber in the first season. Was there other than the dark saber at the very end? No, 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 that yeah. was it. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I understand they brought in elements of like Jedi and lightsabers and X wings, everything else that we know from the bigger star Wars universe. And they saved all that for season two, which is, I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. There's some of that peppered in, in this first season, but it's not like uh, blink. If you miss it kind of, yeah, almost Easter eggs yeah. almost, in, 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 in a, um, as an example, it's just, um, it wasn't the focal point. I think the focal point was establishing Mandalorian, mm-hmm. you know, Mando, if you want to call him that. Um, I don't. We didn't get his name until like the second to the last episode. I think like yeah. it was a while before we even know who this guy was. Um, but was there um, anything that immediately s- struck out to you watching it? I think that I think you hit the nail on the head because if we've grown up pretty much. Whether you watch the movies or whether now in in this in this time you're watching cartoons, Rebels, Clone Wars, there's oh it's it feels like everything is tied to the Skywalkers, mm-hmm. um, to the point where you'll start watching something and or, or a little kid will be like, man, this show needs more Vader, <laughs> because yeah. that's all you think of Star Wars, you think of Skywalkers, you think of Vader, you think of Millennium Falcon, and the Force. Right. That's it. So when you're watching a show and for the first five or six episodes, you don't see any of that stuff mm-hmm. and you're just letting it grow. You're letting it walk on its own two feet. I think that it was kind of ballsy for Disney to try that because because yeah. it did feel like at least for me, the first it took me like maybe the third episode for me to like get hooked. 
Okay. You know, and, and most of that was because I'm so predisposed of seeing ABC when I, re- when I picture Star Wars that when I got L, I just, I, I w- it was completely thrown off. Were you expecting that first episode to see more references to Star Wars stuff? I was expecting it, but I'm glad I didn't get it. Right. Yeah. No. No, that makes sense. Now, like I mentioned before, this is like the first ever live action Star Wars TV series. Not to say that they haven't been attempts at previous uh, live action series. And the Christmas specials don't count. No, I'm not. No, I'm not <laughs> even counting about that. But I know it's either you love it or you hate it. But there was a reference to the holiday special in the uh, in the first episode uh-huh. when it's talking about Life Day. I kind of chuckled at it because like okay you know haha it's it's a funny little nod to the the, jokes on us because we know what it means uh. exactly yeah yeah (laughs) um but at the same time he's in he's in his ship and there's like carbonite uh casings everywhere and so yeah there's a there's reference to uh life day and holiday special but there's all kinds of cool shit right over here and i'm focused on that and i'm laughing at the the stupid shit that they're like kind of pointing fingers at but um anyway the this is the first live action series but I remember hearing years ago there was back before it was sold to Disney before you know in while you know it was still in the hands of George Lucas, the Boba Fett show. No, 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 no. This was it was there was supposed to be a live action TV series that took place between um, uh, Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. It was going to be like I think, geez, like five or ten years before uh, Star Wars. And it was going to feature like a younger Luke Skywalker. And again, going, focusing mm-hmm. on what we know, it was going to be like an expansion between the two trilogies, like a bridge between the mm-hmm. two trilogies. And at the time, it was just deemed too expensive. Like you just can't, we don't have the money for that kind of stuff, right? It's a yeah. Star Wars show for God's sake, you know? Which adds up to another movie if you'd like spread out yeah. all, all, everything that you're going to get. Yeah. Or yeah. a movie and a half at least. And that's, I know that's, one of the main rumors I'd always heard, um, this is like maybe 10 years ago or so, mm-hmm. that just, it never, it just always fell apart. It just, they wanted to do some kind of series and that, that never happened. And then a few years later, uh, Lucas sold it to Disney and then Disney started focusing on the new trilogy. And we all know what happened with that mm-hmm. um, disaster. But while they're working on that aspect, um, they are also wanting to do their own series as well. And it's mm-hmm. Disney. They got, they got, yeah. They got, they got the, the capital. Yeah. And Ewan McGregor had always been, even after the the, uh, the prequel trilogy, Ewan McGregor was always like, hey, if you want me to come back, yeah. call, I, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. So um, there was always that. Now, I mentioned John Favreau before. He's like the executive producer. I think in season two he actually directed an episode, mm-hmm. but like I think almost all of these are written by him. Uh, the, the bulk of them are written by him. Yeah. Um, and it's like I said, this is basically like his, um, this is like a, a passion project, if you will, on a grand <laughs> on a, a grand, grand scale. scale. Yeah. Um, but one of the one of the people involved in this show is Dave Filoni. If you follow this uh, this podcast for a while, I've been praising Dave Filoni <laughs> for the longest time. He's the one of the masterminds behind the Clone Wars, Rebels. He's a creator of Ahsoka. Um, he's he. Didn't he have a little hand in this last one, Resistance, that came out for a couple of years? I, I never watched. Not that as show. A, oh, okay. I watched. I watched like one of those, but it, it followed like the new trilogy shit, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Eh, that's okay." But <laughs> Dave Filoni is a. I would imagine he's a, a, a self-described uh, um, student of or disciple of Lucas, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like he, like his storytelling, 
he he claims he he gets from Lucas like all all the stuff from Star Wars seventy seven like he that's what he grew up on and that's what he's kind of models his writing and storytelling after and I, look I'm not the biggest George Lucas guy but you know and I don't think a lot of the <laughs> the hardcore Star Wars fans ironically don't like don't like, don't like Lucas either um, but uh, I don't know it's interesting that Dave Filoni who I've considered like the Kevin Feige of, <laughs> of, of Star Wars, um, it considers himself, you know, a pupil of, <laughs> of, yeah. of George Lucas. Um, but whatever he's doing works because he, he likes to tie in a lot of loose ends, likes he, he knows how to make things connect. Mm-hmm. Look, if you go back to the Clone Wars, um, he made me care about the prequel trilogy. Like, I... <laughs> At least, well, certain aspects of it, like even characters within that trilogy, um, which I never really cared about, who didn't have a lot of depth in the movies. Yeah, they're fleshed out in in the in the Clone Wars. Yeah. And I think by the end of season one, even people that didn't like the trilogy at least got the payoff in the sense of, well, at least I didn't watch it for nothing because they're bringing back a lot of shit that you wouldn't have noticed if you hadn't watched their, the the prequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that that's a, that goes that says a lot. Like if you. If you can get me to watch something that's I didn't want to watch in the first place, because um, it was like called the Clone Wars, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, it's in between season or episode two and three. It's about the same stuff. I, I don't need to see it. Like I, yeah. I already know. But once you get into it and you start getting involved in the stories, like God damn, this guy's this guy's really good at what he's doing. Um, but anyway, so it's John Favreau and it's uh, Dave Filoni, you know, working hand in hand on this thing. Um, it's just it, you can see the, the 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 labor of love on this thing. It just comes alive. Um, now on the show itself, we we have a new character in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. He's a Mandalorian. They call him Mando. I, mean, I guess you know, Mando, yeah, man. You know, Mando's just a just. I guess in that universe, it's just a hey, Mando. Like you know, just like because there's not a lot of him around. So yeah, the, he's the only one. So Mandalorian is too many syllables, so they yeah. just like to shorten it out. Yeah, um, but like I said, it's it's uh, we don't get his name until like six or seven episodes into the season, and it's uh, Din Jaren. Mm-hmm. So the D is silent, I guess. Um, but it's played by Padgro Pascal, um, who I've you know I've seen him. I, I know of him. You know he's been done. You know he's done things here and there. I, I, the most recent thing I've seen him in before this was um, he was in the sequel to Kingsman. He was oh, okay. he's the guy with the the mustache. I think he had like a lasso or something, but um, but he's done. T- I've I've seen him here and there, and he's always decent. Like I I I've never seen him in a bad thing, but um, it's it it takes um to his credit, like a role being a lead in a show, but you're never going to see your face. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I guess you you really have to respect the the property that you're going to be signing on to or have faith in the project that's it's going to do good yeah. to say, okay, I'll be in a show that you'll never see my face. <laughs> and he doesn't have to do the, he can just do his voice if he wanted to, like yeah. he could just be in a sound stage and have like a stunt guy doing all this stuff, which I know that they did do that, but mm-hmm. on certain things, but, um, so anyway, yeah, Pedro Pascal, he did uh, Mando. We're also introduced to, uh, Carl Weathers, uh, mm, is, always good to see Carl. Right. <laughs> oh, you're on a first name basis, Carl. Oh, how's he doing? How's <laughs> he's he doing? Hanging in there. Yeah, he's yeah. still living off the ro- uh, Rocky royalties. It's all good. Oh, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he plays a character, uh, Grief Karga, and he's the uh, like the head of a bounty hunter guild. Yeah. Who basically gives out jobs to different bounty hunters, including Mando. 
And uh, one of those is what gets us into the show is there's a bounty from a, uh, a certain client. For who, an asset. For an asset. And he's got to retrieve the asset. And that's, and that's basically the setup, which becomes like the whole show, basically. At the very least, the whole season. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so basically the, the setup is he's got to retrieve this asset. The asset turns out to be a baby. Mm-hmm. And the baby is a baby Yoda. Yeah. That's all we know about him. Look. The child. The child, yes. I know for a while people were getting pissy about that. It's not baby Yoda. It's just a baby version of that same species. Well, guess what? We don't know what to call that species, so it's baby Yoda. Yeah. Right? Or the child, if if that's if, if that floats your boat even better. But so he uh basically in the season one is basically he he rescues the child, he goes to turn it back to the client. Um, and he gets payment for it. He turns the baby mm-hmm. in and everything. But then he finds, as he's walking away, he sees that they threw his crib in the trash. And he's like, oh, well, wait a minute. He doesn't have that. So they're doing something to him. So he goes back there. He blasts his way in. He captures the baby back. And they're on the run. Yeah. And then they put a bounty on him. And so um, he's basically on the run for most of the first season. Yeah. So... Uh, what you any thoughts about that so far about uh, the the plot and the idea of the first season just being uh, well, I like, what I like to call the lone wolf and cub scenario. Yeah. You know, you got your bounty hunter, Man you got your lo- you got your lone warrior, always works alone, blah blah blah. Now he's got a little, now he's got a babysit. Now he's got a baby. Yeah, <laughs> so I always like that concept of that, and it's kind of cool to see it, yeah, um, kind of fleshed out in Star Wars lore. You know, yeah. what are your any thoughts and. Um, for me, the part that I liked besides that, obviously, was um, his little side quest of actually getting all the all the armor. Because mm-hmm. the the Vescar steel in the beginning was he had only one shoulder plate on right. it. And then he's getting all these payments and the whole bounties and everything. And when he gets the payment for the child, he's going to get his first. So he goes back to yeah. his he goes back to his uh, old um, the armor armor. Yeah. yeah. And he gets all the plating done and everything. And. Yeah. Well, that was kind of a cool thing. Uh, the the reveal of what's going on. Blacksmith is what I meant to say. Whatever version. Well, her name is the the armorer. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but th- that was kind of cool thing to see where the Mandalorians are at this in this timeline right mm-hmm. now. Um, this is after the original trilogy. This is after the fall of the Empire. So we're seeing remnants of the Empire mm-hmm. in this episode. Like I said, there's stormtroopers and this client. You could tell he was part of the old. Empire, yeah, yeah. Um, because all the Beskar steel plates that he got were all had stamps from the Galactic Empire. Mm -hmm. So again, connections to the franchise, but not like it's parallel, but not running in the same lane. It's not like jamming it down your throat, right? It's just you know these things, like you know this logo. We don't have to, you know who those, you know those are stormtroopers, right? So they're not like hitting over your head with it, but um, yeah. The the thing with the Mandalorians, like he he uh, goes in there, you can see like a it's a clan or something, but they're all like kind of almost like underground, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, and I guess they're all doing bounties as well too. But he goes in and sees the armor, and that's when they um uh she's almost like a almost there for like info dump, like she's mm-hmm. just here's what you need to do. Hush, and here's the rest of the season, right? So protect the child, mm-hmm. to, uh, get the child to the Jedi. Now, here's the thing, and I've, I've posed this question before. To me, it was kind of odd that 
um, he doesn't know what Jedi are. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's like the sorcerers with with laser swords or whatever he said, and it's like. I mean, I get you're in the Outer Rims and you kind of stick to yourself, but I would think that if there were wizards <laughs> out in the world that could like move objects and have these fantastical swords and, and can do crazy things, you would think, like if people who know who, Man, you know, Mando, you know, mm-hmm. you would think that they would know what Jedi are. That's just I, me. I, I, think, I think in, in his defense, almost like in a real life situation, say he just lost, he just lost his parents. And as a kid, and he's saved by people he doesn't know, and raised in this new, raised in this new lifestyle. Stuff around you, you probably won't pay attention to because you're still focused on where you're at now and what you've lost to get you here. Like, just like as an example, I mean, I'm the whole thing with me and pop culture. Like, I know things are around me that are that are going on, (laughs) but if there's certain things that are in front of me that I'm paying more attention to, then I'm not gonna notice. It's like a shiny object. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look at the shiny (laughs) object. Let's play find the shiny. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's um, as far as season one goes, it was more kind of week to week type of okay we're on the run we got to stop here uh maybe get you know repair the ship or, or meet up with this person and find some help yeah find some help and well, one of those on the way we find a new character um again is uh cara dune played mm, by gina, gina carano, carano. Mm-hmm. that's a that's a meal right there <laughs> huge crush on gina even in her mma days um, do you remember in the american gladiators when they rebooted that yeah <laughs> she was crush i, I remember that episode <laughs> she was crushed, man. She was, she was yummy. Who was? What is there to hate about Gina Carano? Press play on episode three, and then you're like, ah! All these fanboys are like, I don't want this woman on my show. Uh, yeah, I know. That's that's the thing, more or less, for season two. Uh, apparently, some stuff was said on Twitter or whatever. SJWs got their panties in a wad. Do male Star Wars fans realize that you need a female to like make little Star Wars fans? I don't know why <laughs> Linda Marie Tran mm-hmm. uh, and now Gina Carano is like any girl that uh, Ray, uh, any girl that gets the spotlight in a Star Wars franchise lately with the in the new era that we're in with social media, man, fanboys, not fan women or fangirls, fanboys just tend to crap all over it without realizing you kind of need them around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I don't. I, I try not to. F- follow that kind of stuff because just 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 on the show were you are, are you as critical of her performance in, in, in this series no i mean because i knew because i know gina carano i mean i i've seen her work before like i, I know what to expect when i see her on the screen mm-hmm. and she and she's secondary for the most part yeah, so the, the expectations aren't that fucking high for somebody as opposed to somebody that's wearing a goddamn helmet yeah <laughs> She's. I mean, I like her backstory in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on. She's from Alderaan. And yeah. again, they don't go into detail. But you mentioned, uh, yeah, you, you know, if you're from, you know, I'm from Alderaan, whatever. 
You're like, oh, shit, she lost her planet yeah. because of what happened to Star they Wars. They don't flood you with information. They just feed you a little drop here and there for you to like and if you stimulate get it, you. If you yeah. get it, you get it. If you don't, yeah. then you can still carry on with and the I show. And I think for the, for the first season, that's what kept me going to the next episode. I was like, oh, I recognize that. Oh, I remember this. Oh, that looks familiar. Again, like when you mentioned the Imperial stamp on the Vescar plates. It's like, oh, okay. And then more stuff and more stuff. And before I knew it, season one was already over. I'm like, okay. I'm ready for season two. Yeah. And that's how I rolled in. And, and, and speaking of that, where you said, you know, recognize this, you recognize that. I think it was in episode four um, when he's he's on the run after getting the child back and everything. And he's in this village in this in this world. And at nighttime, we see the attack from an ATST walker. Mm-hmm. And um, once I just heard the ka-ching, ka-ching yeah. of, this, of, the, of the feet moving. The way I was like, oh, here we go. And then sure enough, and the way they lit it and everything with the red eyes and everything, yeah. it looked badass. The way, and again, this is just from stuff that we've seen in movies. Yeah. We, this is, it's like pulling your favorite like movie franchise and all the stuff that you love about your movie franchise and you're putting that stuff into a TV series mm-hmm. on a weekly basis, you know, and it, that was part of. That's part of the fun for me to watch this show. It's part of the charm for me to watch this show. It's not just, yeah. I don't want to use the word nostalgia because I mean, there's part of that, obviously, mm-hmm. um, especially uh, when it was episode five, when he says, okay, we're going to uh, Tatooine. I was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> um, and then he goes into Moss eyes. Like, Oh, yeah. and then we see in the same cantina from 77 and it's mm. the same vibe from 77. Yeah. And that's how it should have been because the series has taken place like five years after, after Jedi. Jedi yeah. After Jedi. So everything should be relatively um, in order with what we saw from that real trilogy. And for the most part, I do want to mention that real quick that they do like to keep some of the same shots and everything. Like, so when there's like a TIE fighters coming in. And you see the pilots, the 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 cockpit view. I guess mm-hmm. you can see the the fighters just kind of moving around like they do in the in the in, in the movie. movies. Um, targeting systems are still the same, the like yeah. old red and yellow grid. Um, so things like that. They kept shots and 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 little. They kept the classic almost. Yeah, little and and how it should be. Like the technology would still be there. Mm-hmm. The. Um, I don't know. It was just that part of it, I would like to say, is maybe nostalgic. Mm-hmm. But it was more or less like almost like Easter eggy. Like how many. I think the first. I think the, the. It's fair to say that the first part, the first season feels a little bit nostalgic because that's the information that we were going off of. I think the second season, I would call it charm because most of the references there. I wouldn't consider old enough to be nostalgic because you're digging back through Clone Wars, through mm-hmm. Rebels, and I, I don't think it's been long enough to label those as well. As you nostalgia. say that, you say that, but the but f- then again, I haven't watched them as as religiously as maybe somebody like you would, where you might hold them in that high regard that you would call that nostalgia as as much as the original. Now trilogy. there is some nostalgia in the finale of season two with a certain Jedi coming yeah. back. We'll get to that. Um, but, uh, this one, there was, um, I mean, like I said, I mentioned this before and I hate to repeat myself too much, but it's just like, you could tell the, the care and dedication that was put Mm -hmm. on this show. And that was another thing. I don't know if you, if you guys watch 
any like behind the scenes stuff or anything like that. But on the Disney Plus, they do have like a whole season of the making of the show and some of the technology sticking to the roots of Star Wars seventy seven. Where back then, like that ILM, they created ILM and created models for all their ships and everything. Mm-hmm. And this one, they created a new technology instead of blue screen and green screen. They actually created like almost like a dome uh, where they can basically digitally map out and they can work against actual backdrops. Yeah. Um, It's amazing. Um, And apparently they're already getting calls from like other directors and other studios like, Hey, what's what's going on with this? Can we, can we get a piece of this? Yeah. It looks like a bunch of, a bunch of used like containers, container boxes, like shipping container. Yeah. And then they just stack them up and make a whole canvas and then cover mm-hmm. all of that with the green screen so that what you can see them moving along so that green screen would have the one backdrop and you can just see them following it so it doesn't come across yeah. like i the 15 or 20 minutes that we saw the 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 behind the scenes episode you had on TV before we ate before we got here <laughs> um the thought never crossed my mind how much of that was green screen mm-hmm. because all that looked flush yeah. to me yeah watching it blends watching, in yeah. very well um and again, I mean, they're, they're genius is what they do, obviously, but um, it's just stuff you don't really think about um, when you're when you're watching. So the only the only time that I can say it, I I got pulled out for just a second. There's certain shots in certain scenes where they're in the Razor Crest in his ship, mm-hmm. and you can see the the stars in space, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of there, <laughs> right? Yeah, they're not. You you can't see movement. It's just like like blurry stars in the background and they're just there. It's like <laughs> that looks cheap. But again, going back to some of the, the charm of the show using puppetries and, and everything else, it kind of works. It yeah. It kind of works. I'll, I'll allow it. You know, this is <laughs> basically how it is. So, um, so season one, the Mendel, the baby, um, and then the one scene that stands out to me the most is probably that end of the end of the of, of the the first season where they're running away from Moff Gideon and they're in the little uh, lava tunnel and mm-hmm. the robot that IG Eleven yeah. yeah he go he goes out in a fucking blaze of glory and blows everything out and they find their escape that that whole build up in the last two episodes mm-hmm. for that se- for that last scene that if that was it for the series and that was the way it ends. Obviously, it isn't because they left a lot of a lot of loose loose ends there. But that was a hell of a season finale. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll agree. That was um, they they know how to pull the right emotional strings. Yeah, when needed, like IG Eleven, a, a fucking assassin droid. <laughs> like, you know, and he, he's reprogrammed re- for care. But the the in, in, in they're like I said earlier, they're geniuses. What do they do? They get Taika Watiti to do the voice. Mm-hmm. Of the droid, so naturally you get the charm factor right there, um, and he's a nurse droid. I yeah. thought that was funny. Like he—that's that's his new designation. He's a nurse droid. They didn't have enough scholarship to be a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no offense to the nurses out there. So I was trying to think of like you know some of the best moments for me for the first season. Um, if I'm speaking for me and my wife, I'm going to say anything with the child. Of course, because and it's ob- this kind of like the obvious, but. The, that's the hook for casual people. That's the hook for damn near everybody. Yeah. But mainly the the casual audience because everybody knows Baby Yoda at this mm-hmm. point. Somebody has a Funko, a plush, a, a stitched something with the child. Do on you it. remember last Christmas? I what? gave you my heart and the next day you threw it away? Yeah. 
I don't want to say it on the air, but bitch. Still. Yeah. But you're still here. Yeah, I do what I can. You came back. I wait um, like a stone. But besides that, besides that, um, Disney, because they didn't want to spoil anything for the show. Oh, you weren't watching this, so you don't know the actual. <laughs> yeah. You don't know the actual <laughs> timeline. So you know, Disney Plus came out like uh, end of November. Yeah. Um. So in it's not like Netflix where they just throw them all out. You have to watch week to week. Mm-hmm. So when when you're playing this out. You know, it's like only a few weeks before Christmas, right? Well, they didn't put out any merchandise for Mandalorian because they didn't want to spoil the surprise yeah. of a baby Yoda, obviously. So when Christmas time came around, I was like, what? There's no there's no merchandise? Because everybody wanted to start buying up a lot of the merchandise. When I tell you, like, after Christmas, they, like, they started rushing out, like, just crap. Um, baby Yoda shit because there was, merchandise. A, there was a lot of crap merchandise at the start of it it was just like a plush here and that's a keychain there something's yeah a Lego fig that but was repainted once, from the original Yodas that they had in stock but in between one and seasons one and two nom 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 where's a, your baby Yoda here's a, beep 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 <laughs> open up the dump truck boosh <laughs> like here's all the here's all the merchandise yeah, shut your face buy it <laughs> but yogurt what is this place what is it that you do here merchandising merchandising what's that merchandising come i'll show you open up this door <laughs> come walk this way take a look we put the picture's name on everything merchandising merchandising where the real money from the movie is made. Spaceballs the t-shirt. Spaceballs the coloring book. Spaceballs the lunchbox. Spaceballs the breakfast cereal. Spaceballs the flamethrower. <laughs> the kids love this one. Last but not least, Spaceballs the doll. Me. May the Schwartz be with you. Adorable. <laughs> So um, yeah, if now you can't turn a corner without yeah I know. bumping into a, a child merchandise. Yeah, like if, if it had a catchphrase, it would annoy the fuck out of me to the point I probably wouldn't have watched. <laughs> yeah, right now it's just like they make toys in some of the it's like baby sounds that yeah. it comes out. But uh, I don't know. It was that's why I'm saying anything with a child because that's what captured the attention of a casual audience. And I know some companies out there they don't like they don't care about the filthy casuals, but Disney and uh, you know Star Wars and John Favreau and Dave Filoni they know the importance of said casual audience yeah. and that's, and the little ones the next generation of exactly. people that are gonna pour money into the machine yeah I mean love the franchise yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I love to hate it depending on what side of the fence you're on <laughs> so. But without getting too specific, you know, anything with with the child, you know, it was just some of those moments between Mando and the child were, were really good. Mm-hmm. But um, a couple other moments or, or things in this in the series, and I kind of mentioned before, returning to Tatooine, going to the Mos Eisley Cantina, that was really fun. Even bumping into like a bounty hunter, lone solo guy, <laughs> you know, who's who needed his help on something. That, all that was great. Um, we mentioned earlier the armorer, the mm-hmm. armorer. Um, at, on the season finale, taking down all the stormtroopers. Yeah, you know, 
thinking that was gonna be our last stand, and then all we know, always next shot, there's like a pile of like stormtrooper bodies everywhere, and she like literally beat them with like clubs. Yeah, <laughs> so, she went off on all. Of them. Yeah, she was a badass. I, I wish we got more of her in season two. Actually, but that was a nice balance because earlier in that series, in that season, they they show the pile of the Mandalorian helmets and the vests and, and Mando's like, is this all that's left of our people and stuff like that? So they see the balance at the end of that, at the end of that season with all the stormtroopers <laughs> built up into a nice little mountain of death. Well, there's actually another, uh, another cool little shot. Um, I think it was in the first episode where he's walking down, uh, he's walking down the street and there's like a uh, stormtrooper, stormtrooper helmets on pikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I want to know what happened there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, some other things that I really liked, the ATST walk attack attacking the village and them taking down the ATST. Mm-hmm. Um, IG eleven sacrificing itself uh, on the season finale. Um, <laughs> the scout troopers that couldn't shoot. Um, the start of the season finale, we get a not we get a I really enjoyed it. It was like the opening shot is just two scout troopers. <laughs> Just chilling out, waiting for orders. And you know just... what that felt like to me? Because hmm. uh, I've, I've seen all of them. Um, it felt like Jean Favreau had like four hours to spare, and he saw all three Family Guy Star Wars episodes, yeah. and was like, "You know what? We need that banner." Yeah. What did the storm? That there's a scene in one of the Family Guy ones where he goes, "Look, I'm not asking for a pay raise. I'm not asking for better benefits. I just need a rail." Like right here. Why do we not have a rail here? Where's the fundage for this rail that we need so we don't fall to our untimely deaths? And that's what that felt like. The banner back home was like, dude, do you really want to fuck with this baby? You know, Moff Gideon just killed a whole bunch of people just for asking him the wrong stupid question. Just yeah. back and forth bullshit. Like if we were at work at the bank, yeah. but like Star Wars bank or whatever. And that's it just... It, it was a bit of levity that I really wasn't expecting. And right. I'm hoping there's more of that in the episodes, yeah. in the seasons to come. And they followed it by beating the shit out of Baby Yoda in the bag, <laughs> which 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 drew the ire of everyone. Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> Favreau beats his kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, all that was great. Um, you know what? You know what it reminds me of. Um, anytime I hear like banter like that between two stormtroopers, or you know, they start yeah. the, the voice that they have, waiting for confirmation. Yeah, and then stuff like that. That reminds me of a parody video that's floating on YouTube. It's been out for years. Like I've, I've, I originally saw this video probably before 2000. Like it's an Damn. old video, but it's a parody of Cops, and it's called it's called Troops. If you ever, if just do a search, type in type in uh, Troops parody or Troops Star Wars. It's a it's like a, a fan film someone did. It's like maybe five minutes long, five ten minutes long, and it's about stormtroopers on Tatooine. And how they're dealing with everyday, you know, situations. And it's just like some of the banter that I hear reminds me of some of the banter that I heard. Because it's the same voice, same, you know, sound effects and everything. Um, just in it. Hey, do we get paid today? I'm out of Imperial credits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. It's just, it's just fun, right? And it's, and it's good to have some of that fun in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one thing that... Um, if you you have the right balance of it, and I think they missed that balance in the new trilogy in the in the film franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to have this. Um, oh, one thing I didn't mention: having Bill Burr as a character in Star Wars is hilarious. Um, I'm a huge Bill Burr fan. He's probably my favorite stand-up comic right now. He's climbing up my list too. Um, 
And if you followed him for a long time, if you listen to his podcast or seen him on on some like on Conan or things like that, he hates Star Wars. Trashes it. He trashes it every time <laughs> there's he gets. Like, there's like a ten minute clip on YouTube about him just trashing everything, but they're showing clips of him yeah. in the in this series while he's trashing. <laughs> But all that was from like old clips from like Conan and other things like that. Yeah. And even stuff from his podcast. But yeah, he just, cause he never watched it when he was a kid and he, I mean, he grew up in that era. Like yeah. it's, it's his, it's his generation. It's his yeah. time for him to be watching, but he just never got into it. And he's like, this is fucking stupid. And it's like, <laughs> and, but, but if you, you can, you can, you can go on and let's type in Bill Burr Star Wars. You'll get, Done. you'll get various rants. You'll get him. hours of entertainment. <laughs> so when I saw him in this show, I just started laughing immediately because the irony of all that, of him hating it, but then being cast in it, is yeah. great. And he did a good job in the show, too. I can tell you guys how much I fucking hate Star Wars. I hate Star Wars so much that I only like Empire Strikes Back because he almost kills Han Solo. And he chops his hand off, right? Um, no, wait, that was Luke Skywalker, right? <laughs> all the nerds just freaked out. How could you confuse him? Um, yeah, I just wasn't into it. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I, di- I didn't like that whole... I didn't. I just didn't like it. We don't have time for this. Fennec will go. No, I want it. And I also thought eyes. Chewbacca was fucking useless. I mean, Chewbacca was basically Bigfoot. They just gave it a different name. Typical Hollywood movie. You know, that Chewbacca, like, fought the $6 million man, like, six years earlier on television. You saw him with his bionic eye. Right, and they fought each other, and then a few years later, he's he's in space. No, wait, that was the Bigfoot was Andre the Giant. Yeah, and all they did was fill in his face, and then you had Chewbacca. Yeah, um, I think he steals the show in the second season. We'll get yeah, we'll 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 get to here in just a second, yeah. but yeah, in this one, he was just kind of introduced. Which that episode he was in was pretty good too. Yeah. Um, it was almost like a. Um, not a heist, but uh, they had, the prisoner. That was the name of the episode. The prisoner. They had a free. It was it was a crew of of like a scum. Yeah, scum and villainy. <laughs> yeah, um, to rescue a prisoner from there. So from uh, a New Republic prison, right? Yeah. And that was the kind of like the first real like um, Republic stuff we get. We get. I think we. Get, that's the first episode we get some X wings in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on a. a, 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 a a prison base mm-hmm. and we get just different things here and there from the movies and it kind of brings you more back into the Star Wars universe. I think that one I think that was the episode where I started investing more <laughs> you you can put me on the casual side if you want to. Of course the Baby Yoda stuff was funny. I got invested more in the character of the Mandalorian on that episode because the um the group that Bill Burr was leading, they were they were going whatever it takes to get the job done. So they were killing people that didn't have to die, mm-hmm. and Mandal and Mando like acknowledging that, right? And it's, it's weird that a bounty hunter has his own set of codes that a bounty hunter doesn't have to kill everybody to get what he needs. You know, yeah. that, and, the, and just you, you, again, you grow you grow up watching Django, and then you grow up watching Boba, or it's backwards. You grew up watching Boba, and then you see Django, <laughs> and now you get Mando, and it's just like. I didn't. I didn't expect that <laughs> that they had that the code went that deep for him. Right. And then you start you start investing more in in him because because again, you can't you can't emote, can't really do much when when your character's wearing mm-hmm. a helmet. Right. You know you're bouncing off of a puppet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just can't emote much either. So it's hard for your main and your co-main 
for you to get some emotional attachment to other than the physical. Oh, that Chrome guy looks like like Boba Fett. Oh, the little baby looks like Yoda. There yeah. has to be more substance to that. And yeah. I think for me, that Prisoner episode is where I started to get buy into um, Mando's, Mando's creed, I guess, and following the rest of the, the, rest of the season. The uh, the last shot of season one where Moff Gideon's like bust out of the Tie Fighter with the dark saber. Did you know what the dark saber was at that point? I knew of it, but you see pictures of it. Yeah, I've seen clips of like the uh, is it Rebels? No, yeah, it was Rebels. Yeah. It's Rebels. in both. It's in both Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. yeah. So I knew what it was. I just obviously I didn't have the investment. I didn't mark out like other like most of Facebook did. <laughs> yeah. Travis raises his hand while I say that. Yeah, yeah. So um, well, it was just cool because they made it look animated, just like it was in the animated show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just appreciated that. So, um, but anyway, and now it's to leave you, I guess, not a cliffhanger because they kind of wrapped up that you know they defeated the villain. He just escaped to plan another plot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's basically season one. So, let's just get right into season two real quick here. Woo! Now, talk about fan service on a piping hot plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First one that pops to mind, is it obviously Luke? Uh, now it is. Um, <laughs> but for me, the, the biggest fan service was Ahsoka, bringing her in. Um, so, you're telling me Luke, Boba Fett, and your, fa- your first one is Ahsoka. Well, I'm talking about in the moment. Okay, in the moment. Because yeah. here's the thing. Um, before the Luke Skywalker reveal, um, we had like a week or two to think about who's mm-hmm. gonna be. Well, it's gonna be Luke. Like it's got, like, it's got to be, it's got to be Luke Skywalker, right? So, I was, I had that thought in my mind that it was gonna be him. So my brain was already processing. Okay, we're gonna see maybe DH Mark Hamill or whatever the case. And the build up to him getting there. Um, it was it was good. It was a good build up, but it wasn't like who is it? Like, like I knew who it was, you know. But just seeing him, the way they did it, mm-hmm. um, I think that as good as suspenseful as it was, um, I, I think they drug it out a little bit too long. And if well, and if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you haven't seen the episode, I don't oh, know why, spoiler alert! I don't by know the way, why it's you're been three weeks. I don't know why you're listening to this episode <laughs> right now, but um, yeah, the, the finale of season two, um, the heroes are trapped in the bridge of a, the Imperial ship. Yeah, these uh, dark troopers, the robots, they're, um, they're the Iron like, Legion, of course. They're about to bust in and everything, and we see, you know, a backups coming, and we see like one Tie Fighter. No, oh, great! We're gonna be saved by X-wing, that one X-wing, X-wing yeah. fighter. And yeah, and then that was Cara Dune's one's X-wing. Great. Um, <laughs> so then we start seeing the lead-in. We see, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh, okay, X-wing. Okay, hey, Luke. Luke had an X-wing. And then we see the next shot of a, a guy in a in a black cloak walking in. Hey, Luke had a around this time frame. I'm thinking of Re- Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. Oh, he had a he had a black cloak. All right. And the next shot after that, we see the green lightsaber pop out. Ah, hey, Luke had a green lightsaber. He had a he had a glove, yeah. And his other hand didn't have a yeah yeah. Um, and then we finally get the reveal, like the doors open, mm-hmm. and um, we see uh, we see it's it's weird because I didn't put that much thought into it. Again, we we went we have different processes here. You were watching it week to week, right? I binged the whole th- that I've been season two in like three days, so right. I saw six, seven, and eight in one in one sitting. So I didn't have time to process. From the time that Baby Yoda went on that rock 
to find a Jedi to see if somebody was willing to train him to holy shit it's Luke I couldn't I didn't even have time to process oh wait is this he's supposed to be saved by somebody like I yeah. just I didn't I was just caught in the moment of what was in front of me and then the next moment of what was in front of me and then the because every, the the last two episodes back to back that that's almost a whole fucking Star Wars movie right there <laughs> right there <laughs> Not that I'm complaining, but just it it, it kept you. Every other scene, it it kept you. It, I had this the same uh, excitement I had from the beginning of episode, even like halfway through six, all the way to eight was like almost the same up until obviously the very end. Yeah, they but it just it, yeah. uh, dude, it was seamless almost. Yeah the the story the storytelling in, in season two, actually everything in season two. They, they was just, cranked up to 11. Exactly. And we both do the knob yeah. thing at the same time for anybody <laughs> was, who's not watching. It was just, um, <laughs> they, they took the foundation of what we enjoyed in the first season, including all the fan service stuff. They did they did crank it up, like we said, and, and, and started adding in more elements, more familiar elements uh, from the, the, the film franchise, um, which I was kind of concerned, honestly, because I didn't want it to turn into you know, Star Wars, the TV series, you know, mm-hmm. I like the fact that it's Mandalorian. I like the fact that it's dealing with like almost like a space Western, you know? So I'll put you on the spot. Season, uh, season two ends. Do you still feel like it's Mandalorian, the TV series, or is it the Skywalker TV series? Because of the to ending? be determined because you're waiting for the, for the next act. You're waiting for season three. Yeah. To see where they go. Because right, right now it still is Mandalorian. You know, everything is, is focused on him the whole season was him protecting the baby, even when he would leave it with somebody or go on a mission without him or throw him in a compartment box to put some wires together, even though he doesn't know what wires are and damn near fries them uh, to try to repair the ship. Um, so <laughs> it's like you could, the, 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 the thing about this show is it, it built up the connection that he has to the child to the point where at the very end, when he, before the finale kicks in, you know, he busts up a hologram message to Gideon. Basically, I'm coming for you, fool! Yeah, and then you'll, you you never, you don't know how much the child means to me or whatever. Yeah. Which I could have done without the line, to be honest, but it just shows how important yeah. he, he's grown detached to him, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. And to the point where one thing we didn't really talk about in the first season, a theme of that was he never takes his helmet off. Mm-hmm. He's he believes in like the way they describe it in the show. It's like almost like a Old Testament style, like it's old old religion uh, of uh, Mandalorians of them. They, they never take their helmet mm-hmm. off, right? That's why we see like other Mandalorians popping up, and they can take their helmets off all the time. But mm-hmm. he's part this this sect that he's in. I guess they just they they stand by those old Mandalorian rules. Never yeah. take your helmet off. No no human can ever see your face. Whatever. So. We we see that to the point where we only see he only takes his helmet off once in the first season, yeah. And he doesn't want to do that, and he's like bleeding out through the back of his head, right? And yeah. he's like, "I'll I'll die, fuck it." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, he takes the his chick helmet. tried, yeah. And he, Which I was thinking, ooh, love interest. Nah, it's not gonna be enough. <laughs> yeah. So I would have taken off more than my helmet for her. Y- mm. y- yes. Calm down, calm down. All right. So, uh, but th- my point is, like in the first season, like he never took the helmet off, like yeah. for no reason whatsoever. Now we get into season two, and now we're getting into uh, the last two episodes. Uh, the second to last episode deals with they brought back Bill Burr's character, mm-hmm. which 
this is they brought in a lot of attention to his character, a lot of backstory to his character about who he was. And not that I don't think anything was really bad in that episode, which I thought it was really good. I thought the story, the, the background and his portrayal of that character was really good. My issue stole the show for me for that episode. Yeah. And my issue is that should not have been the second to last episode that we have other things going on right now. I don't need a backstory to this side. Character. A redemption story for somebody that really doesn't matter. In the exactly. Exactly. Got you. Um, but I did appreciate um, the the way his attitude was towards Mando because you could see in the first season he was an asshole to Mando at first, yeah. But you could tell at the end of that episode he respected him. He's, mm-hmm. You could because the way he was fighting, and then you would see there's a shot of Bill Burr just kind of like looking, like, huh? Like kind of on his head. It like, probably was that scene where they were all they were all surrounded by troopers, and Mando actually asked them to cover him, and he went and took some of the shots because he had the vest guard and everybody else behind him. I think that's where Bill Burr kind of clicked a little bit with, with like Mando. He, like he's something yeah. different about. Him. But in this one. Um, when we we were back brought back to him, you know, he's got to basically they got to break into this imperial base, and they got to steal some codes so they get the yeah. coordinates for to, Moff Gideon, right? Yeah. So there's this like almost like ATM terminal, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got this key code. He's got to put it in, and get the coordinates, right? And it has to be a face scan. Well, Bill Burr is going to do it because he knows everything about the thing, and he's like, oh, I can't do it because that dude over there knows me, blah blah blah, and I got history with him. He says, oh, fine, I'll do it. He grabs it, but he's like, no, you got to you got to show your face. Which, by the way, they're in disguise. So he's already taken off his entire entire gear, and yeah, to get into this into into sand trooper gear or some kind of yeah, some kind of stormtrooper yeah. gear. Yeah, but the there's a there's a line of dialogue between him and Mayfield about how he, he questions him on his on his creed. Yeah, he said, "Well, what what is it? You can't show your face, or you can't remove your helmet because you took off your helmet to switch into that gear." Yeah. And, he, I don't think he answered him, but he, he he's starting to plant those seeds that what's what's the like why like what yeah. what are you what are you protecting what are you keeping this creed for yeah. you know what's it worth to you exactly and, and then so cut to the end of that episode and it, before you do that they they they, they punctuate the, the whole thought train by saying well whatever it takes for you to sleep at night as long as you whatever it takes for you to sleep at night to follow your your creed or whatever that's on you or whatever yeah. which leads to the end of that episode right and he's so yeah Mayfield can't do it so Mando says fine I'll do it and he goes over there and he starts punching the keys he actually takes his helmet off mm-hmm. which at that point not a big deal because nobody knows him he's not staring at anybody he's looking at this thing and he gets scanned whatever but the Imperial guy the officer he sees him and he comes over there and he starts talking before he has a chance to put his helmet back on he quest- he starts questioning who he is Mayfield comes in now he sees him mm-hmm. but he plays it off Perfectly, and he covers for him, and he makes up a All big the lingo. story. He, he he's like a almost like a bro code. He like yeah. he, he saved him basically from getting screwed. Wingman, yeah, yeah, and um, to the point where they actually have to sit down and have a drink with this imperial officer. Oh, you brought the the vibranium or whatever. You were the guy, the only guys to make it. Let me get you a drink, and they start shooting the shit, or so they think. Yeah, and then that's when we get some more backstory about why he's a former Imperial mm-hmm. uh, whatever I can't remember his title or whatever yeah. but um, but his delivery on a lot of his lines were just just great you know, especially he's, when he's when he starts going into the depression part we're reminding him of why all the people that he used to work with 
died and everything, and you could right. feel you could feel it boiling in him. Yeah. The way he was delivering those, because you could tell there was a casualness mm-hmm. as faking it when they were just trying to just get. Now they got the codes. We just need to get out of here. Right. And now he's his buttons are pushed, and you can tell his buttons are pushed because he's about to really shoot shoot someone to shit, which he wound up doing. Yeah. And if you know Bill Burr, you know that tone. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, so you know shit's about to hit the fan. But anyway, yeah. So shit happens, right? And um. They're about to get away, and he's like, he turns to Mando and he says, "Put your helmet on. Nobody saw you." I love that. I just thought that was the that was so cool and so the respect yeah. Teddy had for for him to say, "Nobody saw your face." Yeah. Right? I didn't see your face. Put your helmet back on. I think that was the same time where he well, after after the, when the whole thing starts to turn to shit when they when their covers get blown. He's like, he just told him like, "I gotta sleep at night too." Yeah. Which is why he did everything he did in that moment with yeah. with uh, whoever that guy was that got shot. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then the payoff at the end was like, it's a shame we lost him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? That's, that's, that, and that's what I'm telling you. There was so that much... would have fit earlier in the season. I agree with you completely. Yeah. Because yeah, we've already we've already we already established who he is. Mm-hmm. So it feels like payoff after payoff after payoff after payoff after payoff in the last three or four episodes. You could have pushed him in a little earlier. Yeah, three maybe. I mean, I get the i I get the reasoning behind the placement because they need the codes to get to the boss. Yeah, but and I get the reason why they need him because he's a former imperial. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. But the amount of time that they spent on certain aspects of that, I just thought it was kind of weird. This is the second to last episode, yeah. and we need to start get things going here. I think the Easter egg, not the Easter egg so much, but like the question that popped in my head was: the machine scanned him. The machine recognized him. Mm-hmm. Where, how, what has Mando done to have been on that database to clear him to get those codes? No, um, that might be something that that comes up. That later. was kind of confusing. I was like, well, what? How do you get past? Yeah. Anyway, so okay, we we talked about uh, Luke Skywalker. We might talk a little bit more about here in a second. Um, one thing I want to talk about is what I call the redemption of Boba Fett. Now, Boba Fett, for those who may not know. Chris. <laughs> it's been a while. Sarlacc pit. Nom nom nom. Okay. Digested. So yeah. okay, so we know <laughs> the history of Boba. Like yeah. he was introduced in the holiday special. Yep. He his feature film debut was Empire, where mm-hmm. he captured Han Solo, mm-hmm. took Carbonite. Carbonite and everything. And then he's made a basically a comedy relief in in, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And get his backpack mixed misfired. He got shot into this fucking thing and he fell into the pit, blah blah blah. We get the yell, ah, you know, and it's just, it's just, that's the, that's the end of it, right? Yeah, like Jazzy Jeff getting thrown out of the mansion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now, notwithstanding all of the fan fiction and the novels and the comic books, everything that's built up Boba's reputation of being a badass, even though the only thing that casual audiences have seen him in is two things. And that's the other thing that, I, as a as an outsider, I guess, because I've noticed, I've, no, I've in the early 2010s. I noticed a lot of not so much fan fiction, but a lot of like tributes where it's like this, it's this supposed anim and not an not an actual animation series, but I would always see like art of Deadpool and man and uh, Boba Fett together, like they're cut off the same cloth almost, like they like they're like Boba Fett was that much of a badass, and I don't see where that came from if yeah. that's all we got, yeah, or the the three the three sightings of him. I think. Um, is that like folklore almost that just got built up, or is that something in the yeah, comics it's that we might like, have missed? It's almost like he became infamous. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like sometimes what the fan, what hardcore fans will do to a character. Like 
Take, for example, G.I. Joe. In the early 80s, Snake Eyes was just a character. Mm-hmm. He was just, whatever. He's just, but he's in black, so he's cool, right? And didn't talk. Yeah. So there's a mysterious factor about it. But, but over the course of the decades, that coolness factor kind of started kind of seeping through pop culture and like he became like a bigger character mm-hmm. same thing with Boba Fett like we only know him from a couple things but he's got cool armor he's kind of mysterious doesn't doesn't say much and blah 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 and he's got a cool ship and things so, apparently his dad died yeah <laughs> so so the fans kind of built up these characters right even with Deadpool for instance because Deadpool was just kind of like a whatever a, a third a, rate a mercenary third, yeah. character no big deal it wasn't until they started doing some different things to him that kind of built him up yeah. so That'd be the only connection that I would see on that. Mm-hmm. But th- that's my point. Like, Boba Fett, cannily, is that the word, cannily? Cannily. Yeah. Cannily. Yeah. You know yeah. where I'm going with that, yeah. right? Yeah. There's not a whole lot to him. There's not a lot of meat to that sandwich, right? It's mm-hmm. just... A whole lot of bread. Yeah. and <laughs> White bread. But for like 35-something years, right? Um Man, wouldn't it be cool if Boba Fett, that motherfucker, somehow got out of that Sarlacc pit? But that's how it was in the the, the expanding universe and the comics and fan, a lot of fan stuff. It was like, yeah. well, here's how he could have escaped him. Blah, because blah, blah. even in books or in cartoons, no, it's never been explained. For no. all this time, right. it's been assumed that Mofo is dead. Right. He's been digested. He's poop. Right. Yeah. Just okay. like, you know, going back to Dave Filoni and the Clone Wars, he brought back Darth Maul. Like, yeah. he found a way... We saw that mofo get cut in half. Yeah. And he, he was able to bring him back. Yeah. So um, for Boba not to be brought back is just kind of silly at this mm-hmm. point. So we get to the the first scene, or not the first scene, but like the first episode of season two where we see uh, armor, right? Um, well, was the armor first mentioned or it was, he went back to Tatooine. And there, and there was, was a tr- uh, like a officer or something that a had marshal. Mandal- a marshal had Mandalorian armor that he played by Timothy uh, Timothy Oliphant. I love Timothy Oliphant. He's, he's uh, is he the guy from Justified? Yeah, I knew he looked familiar. I've seen him in other in other movies, yeah. but that's the first thing that I came up, came through. Especially the character that he was playing. It's like oh, okay, this is Justified he, Star Wars. He he basically yeah. If there's like a western or something like that, he tends to he's play that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Justified is is a uh, is a great role. He was great in that show. Yeah. Um, more recently after that, uh, Santa cleared a diet on uh, Netflix before that got canceled. He was done there. Um, but yeah, Timothy Oliphant, yeah, he was great. And when we, the reason he goes back to Tatooine is there's a, there's a rumor of a Mandalorian Mm -hmm. over there. So he goes to to go check it out and it's back on Tatooine, but it's in a different port. It's not Mm -hmm. Moss Eisley. It's Moss something. I can't remember what they call Mm -hmm. it, but yeah, there's a marshal in town. Again, big Western vibe. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking Timothy Oliphant dressed in the Boba Fett armor. It's, yeah. That's kind of funny. And it was really cool seeing, you know, the Boba Fett armor. Again, mm-hmm. just on, like, in a different situation. So, um, but, yeah, that episode kind of comes and goes. It's just, uh, you know, they got to work together to, to free their town. Yeah. And they, I'll make you a deal. You kill this sand monster, I'll give you the armor. I was like, all right. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically the entire season, too. He goes to another mm-hmm. planet. Hey, you do this, I'll give you this. Okay. He goes to another planet. You do this, I'll give you this. Okay. And then he goes to another planet. You do this, I'll give you this. Okay. <laughs> After a while, if it wasn't for the fan service, I would have got a bit burnt out. Hmm. Interesting. Because that's it, it became it, it became a pattern to the point that you could have that opinion if you focused enough on it. Fair As enough. an outsider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, they... Uh, oh, what is it? The town... 
was getting overrun by sand people, right? And it was yeah. So, but, but they were both they were both had a common enemy that the crate monster, the, the crate dragon, monster. Yeah. crate dragon, which that was badass. Okay, here's the thing, <laughs> I want to say about season two. Uh, there's really a couple of things that stand out that I felt like were just ripped right from Star Wars video games, and oh, it yeah. was the crate dragon that they fought because I've seen that mofo in more than one video game that I've gotten killed on uh, because of those damn things. Dark troopers. Dark Troopers is another thing. Mm-hmm. Th- those were in the Dark Forces, I think. Yeah. Um, but there is also, in the episode two, the uh, ice spiders and that little glacier planet mm-hmm. that they're on. Um, that episode is kind of a transition episode because they're trying to get from point A to point B. But I like, in that second episode, the fact that it's almost like a horror, like sci-fi horror. Like yeah. you get the eggs, like uh, almost mm-hmm. alien-like. Um, but these, again, it felt Did like that a, happened to be the episode that Robert Rodriguez directed. No. Cause there was one that you reeked of Robert Rodriguez. No, that was later on. Okay. Yeah. I think that was the tragedy actually. I think, but anyway, th- on this one, it was, um, the, the, the them escaping the spiders. It mm-hmm. felt like a video game, like a level out of video game. You know, you're mm-hmm. being chased by the fucking <laughs> spiders. <laughs> and the boss of that is the big giant mama yeah. spider. That came Run out. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but that was good too, because it had, um, uh, <laughs> that's episode two started off. He's flying in this um, Republic space, and these two X wings come by, and and they, they want to get his. We're gonna need you to pull over. Yeah, <laughs> license and registration, bitch. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the whole it, it almost harkened back to like the two scout troopers talking. Yeah, it was almost like, um, hold on one second, and then it comes back. <laughs> All right, we're going to need you to pull over for a second. <laughs> you got something in there that you're not supposed to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, again, some of that levity yeah. in, in, these, in these shows really helps. Um, and speaking of levity with the, 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 the frog woman, the frog lady, carrying those eggs and the baby. Don't eat the eggs. Don't yeah. eat the eggs. <laughs> Don't eat the eggs. <laughs> yeah. oh my god oh that was funny yeah um so anyway actually getting back to the the first episode real quick so yeah so he gets the uh timmy dolphin yeah he he relinquishes the armor gives it back to him yeah um so we get into oh does that episode end with the tease of actual boba fett yes that's the that's the episode which um I admittedly, I missed it at the first, the first viewing of this episode because what happens was he's you know about to ride off in the sunset on his little speeder bike, but when he starts riding off, the aspect ratio like changes yeah. the letterbox and it like it fucked me up for a second. That was over. Just out of yeah, out of nowhere, and just like that, like while they're doing that, they cut to what we we don't know who he is at the time, but we see uh, this guy standing in the in the foreground and he kind of turns around and it's it's. Boba Fett, or the actor that played Boba Fett, so we can assume it's Boba Fett, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't even catch that because I was like, what's going on with the aspect ratio? So I totally missed that. <laughs> like a dummy. Um, but yeah, that was the debut of, of I forget the guy's name. It's, he's got a weird uh, Tomo, Tom, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name if, if I knew what it was. But yeah, it was him who played Jango Fett in the in the yeah. uh, original, the, the prequel trilogy. Um, and we all know from the prequels it's his likeness is based on the clones mm-hmm. and and 
Boba was like a special clone that he could keep for himself mm-hmm. that would age like a normal person instead of like the clones, yeah. basically. So, um, is this the part of the show we pour a forty out for Jeremy Bullock? Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. We just lost uh, the original actor that played Boba Fett, uh, Jeremy Bullock. Yeah, like not even a month after we lost uh, David Prowse, who played uh, Darth Vader on the yeah. show, on the original trilogy. Man, it's like who'd have thought we lost Vader and Boba in the same month? Shit, man. 2020, man. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that down the road. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the uh, that was a side quest or side plot, I guess, in this yeah. in this season of okay, who's this mysterious guy they keep cutting to? And around the same time, I was thinking, well, back in season one, um, he fought this other bounty hunter played by the chick from Agents of Shield. Um, oh, May One. Uh, I forget her name. Uh, Ming Wa, Ming Li Wan, or something. something. Yeah, Ming Wang, something. I I know. Win, Win is last name. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but she, but we'll we'll refer to as her character's name Finnick. Yeah. In the in this series, she plays a bounty hunter. And at the end of that episode in season one, uh, we see like a we see like footsteps walking up, and that's it. So someone we knew someone got her, but we don't know, and we never went back to that. Mm-hmm. Now we cut to this season, uh, we get Boba. Mm-hmm. Possibly coming back right at that time, and then we go to um, well at the end of uh, was it the end of season or episode one or start of episode one? He's going back to his ship on Tatooine. That's when um, Amanda Seagreed's character, she or Amy Seagreed, I'm sorry, she um, she tells him, "Hey, you know this this uh, frog lady needs passage to this other planet to meet up with her husband. Her husband knows has information on other Mandalorians." might be helpful to you if you want to go take her. Mm-hmm. That's when he does that. And that's when he fall, you know, gets uh cap. Well, not capture, but he gets evades, yeah. evades the new Republic. Um, so yeah, he, uh, so that's basically episode one, two episode three starts off. He's got to go in for repairs. Cause that ship took was a shot beating. to shit. <laughs> that, that ship throughout the whole season took a beating. Oh and, yeah. Cause he went hiding in the freaking ice glacier. And yeah. The, I think it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I remember. There's parts <laughs> falling off everywhere. That he was, was running on one engine. That thing was all crooked, lowrider yeah. style. Like, and that was that was actually the first time we actually recall him cutting a joke, because he's repairing the ship and everything, and they're about to take off, and you're like, he's like, hey, if that uh back panel comes off, you know, just let me know. He's like, yeah, just kidding. If that happens, we're all, we're all gonna die. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. And that was one nitpick that I had for his character up to a certain point in the show between season one and two is there was no consistency of his personality. Mm-hmm. Like, is he straight up just stoic and no personality at all? Or he's cutting jokes. So there's one person and of all people, the person you least expect. Yeah. He's been around Kara Dune long enough. He can't, he can't unwind a little bit with Kara or anything. Yeah. Has a love interest in one of the episodes in the first season. Can't really open up to that, but then out of nowhere, Oh, let me cut a joke on this guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you think about it, he kind of opens up to people who he can't talk to. Yeah. Like the frog lady, he was like being sarcastic with her. And then he talks to the baby, like the baby understands everything. Yeah. Well, I think we find out that he does, mm-hmm. but, but, but the other person can't reciprocate, right? Can't, can't really communicate back with him. So maybe that has something to do with this person. Like he can, he can, he can open up to those type of people that. Cause they're not going to understand it. <laughs> yeah. Or they can't say, they can't say anything yeah. back to him. So, uh, Anyway, so he 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 takes the the frog lady to this other planet, um, and he does meet up with some other Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. 
We get pseudo Mandalorians. We get we get the live action debut of Bo Katan, played by Katie Sackoff, who played her voice in of Bo Katan in Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. I you marked out. Like I did. <laughs> I'm about to right now. Just thinking about it. I did not realize. I didn't know you were born with three legs, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know? Um, I did not know. I how much I needed a a, a redheaded Katie Sackhoff in my life. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I love me some Katie Sackhoff in general because oh, you redheads just attract to one another. Uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a fiery attraction. It's like a human hot Cheeto. <laughs> yes. So um, heard it's going out just like it does going in. <laughs> Cheetos, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All, right. All right. So especially the extra hot. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, Bo Katan, we meet up with with her and and two other uh, Mandalorians. Who? Three? No, there's three all together. It was Bo Katan and the two other ones. I thought there were two dudes. No, I thought it was a. F- Okay, I might have just been, I might have saw it. Wrong. It was it was Bo-Katan, it was a dude, and then it was Sasha Banks, WWE wrestler, yeah. Sasha Banks playing this other Mandalorian. But there's three of them. Okay. But I, I believe their group is called the Death Watch, or it was the Death Watch back on Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot has changed since Clone Wars and Rebels, and we don't know where exactly they've been uh, yeah. in that time frame because Rebels takes place right before the original trilogy, and this is taking place after the original trilogy. So, and the last time we see uh, Bo-Katan, she is, she's given the, the dark saber. So mm-hmm. she's the last holder of that weapon mm-hmm. last time we see her in canon. So now we know that uh, Moff, Gideon Moff Gideon has defeated it. defeated her. And she wants it back. Mm-hmm. And we find that out because they take down a Imperial shuttle. Um, and uh, that's... She's asking. Said, yeah, she's asking for help. Yeah. Well, she's asked the imperial officer, the trooper, the officer, where's where where is he? Well, I'll yeah. never tell. And bites on on the yeah. whatever and kills himself. Uh, that's when she asked for help, and he's like, "No, I got my own mission. I need I need your help." They're like asking each other for help over yeah. here, but they're I got their own things going on. She tells him, "Look, I can't help you, but go down this uh, this planet and meet up with this Jedi named uh, Asaka uh, Asaka to me Asaka Tano." Yeah. Um, and she will, she'll help out whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So you you say the word Ahsoka. Yeah. And immediately I'm like, this okay. bitch survived Vader. She's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm already like, because I knew, you know, with internet and everything, you knew Rosario Dawson was signed for something, right? No. Oh, they, what are you doing? I don't know. No, they said. I mean, it was all out. Oh yeah. She was playing so and so and blah blah blah, because there was already like. Like fan like photoshops oh, of Lord. of her at you know with the photoshop makeup on and everything. We can't be surprised anymore. We gotta know before we watch it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which was part of why I what I liked the what I I liked how I digested the show because I didn't have any of that stuff in the background. So yeah. I didn't know about Rosario Dawson. I didn't know about Boba Fett. I didn't know about anything. I just in that week I it just. Like fucking this the scene in uh, Clockwork Orange with your eyes propped open, just like with the droplets, making sure you're catching everything. That's how I took everything. So I didn't have the time to digest anything on the outside, like having it spoiled. So I, every episode it felt new to me. Yeah. Without without any, without with all the surprise and none of the spoiler. But um, that was probably the one episode I was looking forward to the most. Of course. Um, yeah. and I gotta say they did not disappoint. 
Grogu. Grogu. Yeah, we get the. Uh, huh? Yeah. Um, there was some. Yeah, there was so much stuff going on in that episode. A lot of info dump stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, because this whole time. We he understood me this whole time? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, Shouldn't have said that. But we were introduced to to Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka. We under you know she's fighting some I guess offshoot Imperial yeah whatever taking over this little I guess the town mm-hmm. by this magistrate and also Michael Bean like that was a, that surprised me more than anything mm-hmm. he's like holy shit okay now we're we're getting man now we're getting uh, Michael Bean in here too yeah. all right cool by um, the end by the by this episode I had the feeling that this was like the Star Wars version of Smash Bros. Because every badass actor that you could think of at one point or another cameoed in this fucking show within, within these 16 episodes. Yeah. A lot. It reminded me almost of like a shows from like the 60s and 70s. Like when you would have like a special guest star for yeah. this episode. Like Batman 66. Like would they be climbing up the wall? Uh-huh. And it was always like some Somebody celebrity. their head out. So it was always a celebrity that yeah. would, from that time that would just pop out. And, hey, Batman, how you doing? <laughs> it's kind of like this. If there's a, if there's a, um, a guest character is coming up, it's probably gonna be played by someone yeah. that somebody's heard of, you know, or has some kind of notoriety or you know something to that effect. Um, so it was kind of it was just cool to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so basically, Mando gets there, and he meets up with this evil magistrate, right? And they say, hey. Uh, take care of this problem for us, and we'll help you. We'll, we'll, we'll help you find somebody yeah, for him. Yeah, so, I can't train him. I'm a busy, independent woman. I got too much shit on my hands. I'll find you somebody. Is that what he said? Basically. Okay. Yeah. So he meets up with the son. And then, yeah, yeah, a finger snap and shake, yeah. fight, shake the head a little. Of course. Yeah. yeah. The Jedi shake. The Where you shake your head without ru- <laughs> you shake without trying to shake your head. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, you shake their head. Yeah. The um, head doesn't move, but the hair just like wiggles a little. <laughs> It's like the wind. <laughs> Hero wind. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. So he meets up with, with Ahsoka and they don't fight long, obviously. Uh-huh. It was just, it was cool, it was to, cool see to see them it. fight. Yeah. Um, but they quickly, when she sees uh, Baby Yoda over there, she's like, wait a minute, what is that? <laughs> um, so that's when they kind of figure everything out. And he, she, in a very long scene of this, them two staring at each other, uh, we finally get an explanation that uh, his name is Grogu. He survived the love. Ha- I love that on spaghetti. Have you ever had spaghetti with Grogu? Just it's fucking delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he. So he was saved. Thanks for the no sell. He was saved uh, during the the youngling thrashing mm-hmm. from 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 Anakin and. And uh, Attack of the Clones. No, I'm sorry. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Um, where he killed all the kids, right? Yeah. He was saved. I wonder if they're going to say who saved him. Because they just said he was he was protected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he was in hiding this whole time until he was discovered, right? So, um, but now we find out that there's a connection between him and Mando, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's when she's like, I can't train him. He's he's got a connection. There's a he's got affection for you, and you have an emotional attachment. You know the Jedi; they have to be yeah. emotionally clear of everything, right? That's where the darkness starts to seep in. Yeah. So yeah, because yeah, he'll be compromised. Like if, yeah. if if something were to happen to Mando, then that could snap something in him to go go crazy and start killing mm-hmm. people. Um. So 
uh, yeah, she's like, no, I'm not. It's too late. He's 50 years old. <laughs> I don't want to get my hands dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can take him to this temple on this other planet. Sit him on this rock. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that's pretty much it. And I think for, uh, by the way, uh, with Ahsoka, there is so many different nods from the the cartoon. There's one, there's one of the opening shots when she's in the forest and she's taking out all the, the troopers. Mm-hmm. There's a shot of like she puts the, the sabers two, together two sabers and pulls them out like that. Yeah. Um, that's straight out from Rebels whenever she's about to fight Darth Vader. Nice. Like she's there. She's going back and forth trying to trying to talk some sense in Anakin. And she realizes he's not there. So that's when she puts their, the hilts together and then pulls it almost like a reversed Darth Maul. <laughs> Got you. Um, but that was there was a cut from that. The the very first action stance that we see her in is just like in the cartoons where she holds one like upright like this the sword's upward and the other other one is like downward the, downward there's a name for that there's a name for the way you hold it i can't remember what that name is but yeah one is downward one is upward and that's that's her fighting stance but ever the, ever since then she was just kind of cutting dudes heads off mm-hmm. so it doesn't really matter <laughs> um but the cool thing about this episode was we get like a dual showdown we get like a western showdown Right at the same time, we get a samurai showdown, and I thought that was awesome. It's like that mix of two genres back to back, and it worked. It worked for one. We get a nice little nod to Tombstone with Michael Bean's character, yeah. with his line um, that he says, and then um, at the same time that's going on, we get the uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka fighting on the other side of the wall, and we get, and that's where we find out the best car uh, spear, uh, staff. yeah, the spear that she has that can withstand lightsaber. So. Um, Obviously, the good guys win, right? And they free the town and all this other stuff. And that's when Ahsoka says, "No, I can't. I can't go with you. I can't train him. Um, you take him, because he was he was willing to like. She had her own mission. They, they she yeah. spelled it out. She's looking for Thrawn. Yeah. Which oh yeah, thank you. That was another yeah. thing. Yeah, that was that was the thing where right before she defeats what's her face, she says, "Where's where's your master? Where's Thrawn? Now." Right after that episode was done, I was like, you know what? That sounds like a proposal uh, for her own series. And sure enough, like a week later, we get an announcement of Ahsoka TV series. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be where it's taken off. Mm-hmm. That's going to be season one right there. She's going to yeah. be searching. Episode for- zero was this one that we're talking about now. Almost like a backdoor pilot. Yeah. Um, I would like to think. So um, Rosario as Ahsoka, does she do it for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um the the looks the even even this is maybe I'm thinking too much in this but even the voice she sounds like what an older Ahsoka would sound like to me mm-hmm. that makes sense um, but I mean she was a fan of the shows so she knew the character she knows so, how to play off it so she yeah. she knew she just had to become the character basically mm-hmm. so um, I think that helped that she knew the source material she knew what she was doing, who she was playing um, but yeah. I, that right there, not just this episode with Ahsoka, but everything in Mandalorian is how, like, Marvel, to a lesser extent Marvel, but definitely DC, can learn how to bring source material to life. Mm-hmm. They could have done their own thing with Ahsoka. They could have not made it as accurate as possible to the animated series. They could have made it even more accurate and been kind of corny, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned before, like the 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 tin hair their 
hair tendril things. They weren't mm-hmm. as long as they are in the show. Well, guess what? You need to be practical. You yeah. Know, you got to move around and stuff. So things like that, you have to have compromise. So, but no, they stuck to true source material. And, um, you know, obviously, yeah, you can um, take liberties with designs and, and make them, change them up for live action because not mm-hmm. everything's going to translate well to live action sequence uh, scenarios. Yeah. But I've seen stuff on DC that's just, what the fuck? You know, it looks nothing. I'm sure we'll get to that in another episode. <laughs> it's just, it's just, why even, don't even call that character because it doesn't look nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything they've done with this show, they just, like even Bo-Katan, you know, uh, the fact that they got Katie Sackhoff to play her is one thing, but the headpiece, the hair, the outfit, it just it like popped right off onto live yeah. action, you know? So, so far, yeah, this season has already been 10 times better than I think the first one. Cause mm-hmm. the first one, just like I said, just set up a lot of stuff. Now we go from Ahsoka, we go to the next one where he does find the temple. He sets Groku uh, up on the temple and the big old, for, force, force beam, beams, yeah, uh, is, is protecting him. I guess to protect the yeah. field. Um, while we get some um, some stormtroopers coming in and some some shuttles, mm-hmm. right? They all coming down. And uh, now this is where we get the return of Boba Fett mm-hmm. and Finnick, because mm-hmm. he we find out he's the one that rescued her in the season in episode in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was him at the end of it. He's been tracking him this whole time, basically. And uh, this time he's he's saying, hey, I want he find, he meets up with Mando. He says, I want my armor. And he says, well, that's not yours. You're not a Mandalorian. It's like, well, it's, it belongs to me. It belongs to my to my father, blah, blah, blah. Um, shows the coding once he puts the armor on. There's like this family tree digitized. Yeah. He shows Mando, look, this is where he came from. This, this, this Yeah, I think he did that place. after he got the armor. Yeah, after he puts the armor on. Yeah, because that was, that was the thing. Like the stormtroopers came in. By the way, he's got this long like stick club thing. I don't know what it's called, but he was beating the shit. Yep. It wasn't just, you know, I'm bounty hunter shooting, you know. This is, I'm beating the fuck out of you. I could use my Brutally, yeah. brutally, I'm going to destroy you. Um, so he do, he takes out all those guys. He kind of turns and looks at the Razor Crest. And he's like, ah. And the next time we see him, you know, because yeah, there's another ship coming, right? And as soon as he, Bando's in to get overwhelmed, yeah. that's when Boba comes out with armor on because he yeah. knew he couldn't fuck with everybody without his without his yeah. gear. So and yeah, of course they they defeat all those. Um, but that's when we find out that he owes a debt uh, to him for 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 his armor, getting his yeah. armor back. Um, so Finnick is. And Finnick is in, in service to him for saving her. Mm-hmm. So now he's got both Boba and Finnick on his side in, in his debt to uh, until the baby is secured. Because at yeah. this time, while all this is going on, um, Moff Gideon releases these dark troopers, mm-hmm. which are completely robotic uh, stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, they, they Mecha come, darts. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, and so they, they actually grab uh, Grogu and they take away. Now, this is when uh, Boba gets in a Slave 1 ship and he goes flying after him. He's about to actually blow him out of the sky, but he's like, whoa, don't the shoot baby. him. The baby. Yeah. Um, so my he, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so the Dark Troopers, the Dark Troopers, they, they get into the shuttle and that's when Boba sees the Imperial ship. He's like, whoa, he kind of backs off. He's, he's like, like, uh-oh. The Imperial, the, the, the Empire's back. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm looking at the ship right now. It's back. Yeah. So, um, 
And it's funny, it's funny watching it from the perspective that I was watching it where I forgot watching these episodes. The Jedi is is a, a figment of an imagination compared to Mandalorian. So Mandalorian had no idea that Sith Lords know the way of the Jedi. That's how they're able to 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 play both sides of the fence. So that when he set Yoda on the uh, Grogu on the rock, not only Jedi were gonna know that he was there, people in the dark side were gonna know he was there. And that's how uh Moff Gideon went there. And it's mm, it's No. He got he found there because we've revealed in the last episode he put a tracker on his ship because when he went oh, to Oh, that's right too. Yeah, he forgot went, about that. When he went to uh back to Navarro to meet up with uh Cara Dune and um uh, Carl Weathers' character, mm-hmm. which we we skipped over that episode where he says, "Hey, while you're here getting your pairs on your ship, uh, hey, there's this old abandoned Imperial uh, base over here. There should be a couple of stormtroopers there. Let's go take Let's it, knock out. it out. Let's yeah. go knock it out real quick." He's like, "Okay, fine, whatever." Turns out there's all kinds of shit going <laughs> in that thing, and we yeah. find out they do they they do, and that's when they find out they're doing stuff with Grogu's blood. Like right, yeah. They said he has an impressive M count, yeah. and if you're going with Canon, mm-hmm. M, uh, chlorian count. Yeah. I would, yeah. Um, so they're testing his blood. But also we see that they've been cloning. There's We sell a bunch of clones in the mm-hmm. ship. Now, there's a point of contention for me and another buddy I was, I was watching this with. Um, I said, what do you think about it? He says, well, no. If it has to do with the new trilogy, I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm, I don't want anything to do with it. And he, Because he thought that was uh, the beginnings of... of Snoke. Snoke. I was like, oh, I didn't get that. I thought that was the Empire, the Emperor. I thought they were right, starting to reclone or clone. Oh, Palpatine? Yeah. Mm. Because look at episode nine where the, yeah. you know, it, start, it has to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So, and even in episode nine, in the beginning where um, uh, Kylo is, uh, first meets Palpatine, he's walking by all these glass chambers mm-hmm. that, are, that are reproducing something. Right. And then at the end, when Rey finds it, those chambers are empty. Oh, were they? Uh, yeah, they were empty. I already <laughs> skipped out on something. Oh, yeah, it's the it's new trilogy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but blame me. but yeah. So I, I I took it as I, I took it as there are there was the emperor, mm-hmm. but um I they never really explained it. So I guess well, there's time. There's another yeah. season at least. Yeah. So um yeah, they wipe out that base. Um, but while he's doing all that, the the person that uh, Carl Weathers character has repair his ship. He, he's actually working for Gideon and he puts a tracker on his ship. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Yeah. Now. So now, once everything's said and done and uh, they're they're on, um, they defeat the stormtroopers on that planet. Boba's talking to him. He's got his armor back and everything. That's when, after he gets his armor, that's when he does that little code thing and he shows yeah. the, the history, the heritage of that, of his armor. Um, that's when we see just out of nowhere, just like a, like a, a blast just destroys. Destroy the ship. Just destroys the razor crest. Oh, everything but the spear. Yeah. 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 Which is good. Because he needs that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a shame he lost that huge ass rifle that evaporates shit. That thing in that first season was bitching. Who'd have thought that too? That was another thing. Because that was like a one off weapon that he had in the cart in the holiday special. We never saw it fire. Yeah. So they just went to town with that and say, like, oh well, this is a badass gun that just yeah. evaporates everything it touches. <laughs> So you can get a hundred fifty dollar Nerf version if you want one hanging on your wall. Can you? Yeah, it mm. just it comes out this month. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking not like not that I'm gonna fucking use it, but it just that it just the way he used the weapon as a staff and as a rifle and as a fucking evaporator. Just, I thought it was cool. God bless capitalism. Yeah. Um. So there's money to be had. <laughs> yeah. So basically, they take off in the slave one. Um, yeah. 
he's got his his spear, and now he's got his uh, the two. You know, he's got Boba and, and Finnick, and they're um, they need the coordinates, so they pull out Bill Burr's uh, dude from prison. Yeah, kind of not wanting to go. Well, in the well to do that, they they need Cara Dune because she just so happens to be marshal now with the New yeah. Republic conveniently, mm-hmm. so she's able to bust him out of out of prison. Yeah. Um, so that's where we were talking about earlier about his character and everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that it's, it's him, Boba, Finnick, Cara Dune, not Mayfield cause they let, they yeah. leave his ass on there. So, um, they need more help. So they go, they find Bo-Katan again. And whoever Sasha Banks was playing. Yeah. My match of the week pick Sasha Banks versus Boba Fett. Oh wait, wrong podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it kind of stupid that she did the rolling DD, the tornado DDT with her jetpack on the fucking and Boba didn't even hit the table the table just fucking broke <laughs> you know it, it's kind of weird I, I love the fact that they were giving him shit for not being a Mandalorian they yeah. said take off that armor like you're not a Mandalorian and I've heard your voice a thousand yeah. times. Holy fuck, dude! And the trash talk where uh, where they uh, the the scientist was held hostage by the pilot. She goes, "Oh, you're the chick from Alderaan." Oh, and yeah. talking all that. Holy crap! It went yeah. dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I heard your voice a thousand times. Yeah. Oh, God. But then there was another, actually, in an, uh, the episode with Mayfield. Um, he was like, they're talking about who who can sneak in and who can get these codes. Mm-hmm. And all Boba said was, "They're going to recognize my face." I thought that was great. Like they didn't explain why they would recognize his face. They just yeah. said they're going to recognize me if I try to do it. I love that. Like I love the. We're not going to spoon feed you all these references. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, just yeah. move on. Right. So, anyway, um, yeah. They they. Which by the way, <laughs> Sasha Banks fighting uh, Boba Fett. Not realistic. I'm sorry. We just saw. <laughs> We just saw this dude taking down like ten stormtroopers with a club. Yeah, right. Busting like breaking their armor. Right, just hitting them so hard, he's breaking <laughs> their armor. And you're gonna tell me this hundred pound little chick is gonna almost take down Boba Fett? No, without weapons, just her hands and a jetpack and the flamethrower at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the same time, they yeah. kind of counts. But um, I let's just say he was holding back. I'm gonna assume he was holding back. Because yeah. he needs the help, right? They needed help, right? So they didn't want to kill. They didn't <laughs> want to kill the help. Then Bogotan shut all that shit down. I was like, where was that fire when we needed it? <laughs> yeah, when our planet, when our race needed it. Yeah, but but I like the fact that um, they were calling him out and not being a Mandalorian. He did not back down. He's like, no, this is this is my right. It's my armor. And then he didn't back down when they challenged him on it, and he, that's why he fought. Yeah. That's why they fought. So all that was great. Like this, when I said earlier, this is like the redemption of Boba Fett. Like this is a, they've taken a character. That, canonly, just not has a joke. Just basically became a joke at the end of the the original trilogy. Um, a big what if? You know, what if he didn't die? What if? Blah blah blah. Well, we finally get it. Like thirty some odd years later, we finally get this. And I'll be damned. Like they did just a a terrific job of putting some respect back into his character. Mm-hmm. Like delete Jedi for a second and just the badass that we had in empire it's like you could see this is the same this, the, the continuation of that same character mm-hmm. right yeah i did love uh when we see boba in the second to last episode that um or it was the last episode where we see him walking out of the slave one and he cleaned up his armor yeah dude that looked clean dude that looked <laughs> that looked awesome because we never seen a cleaned up boba fett yeah. armor and repainted and smoothed out or anything he loved the bullet Dent in his helmet for some yeah. strange reason. Reminder. From what? Like he had it. <laughs> that was even Empire. That was so. a joke. 
Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I just love the look of the Boba Fett 2.0 armor. You know, um, I don't know. So now we're, we're they have his forces and they're and that's when they're going in. We kind of talked about this yeah. earlier. They go in the ship. They try to save the baby. Uh, Bo Katan's trying to get the saber. They go to the they go to the head of the ship. He ain't there. He's actually in the in the cell with uh with baby with uh, the child with Grogu. Mando's like, I don't give a fuck about what anyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. You can keep the sword. You can keep the ship. You can keep you can keep the fucking women. I just want the baby. <laughs> it's my baby. I'm the father. You know, and he's like, all right, fuck it. I got what I wanted. You take him. Of course, never trust somebody with a saber. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think he believed him anyways. Yeah, but uh, especially by then he knew that um, the that his Vescar steel could go could 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 hang with yeah. the saber and he'd be fine. So yeah, yeah. Which um, was that before or after he fought the the dark trooper? That was after, right? Because he he got rid of the dark troopers first. He got right? rid of the one dark trooper. Well, he killed him with the Vescar steel, and right? then he opened the floodgates for the other ones to fly. The out. little airlock, yeah. and he shot them all out in space. Yeah. That was before he got to him, right? Yeah, that was before. Okay. And then we get the showdown between him. He defeats him. And Convincingly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. It's Yeah. He well, he's not he's not a fighter. He's he's a he's a He's a tyrant. Yeah. He's a yeah. He's a politician. Politicians aren't trained to fight, yeah. so he wasn't gonna last long, even though he had a hell of a weapon. He, he had armor long. and a weapon. That was it. Yeah. He didn't have the training. He didn't have the fighting ability. Yeah. Um and like a five dollar parade brand Vader costume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um what, are you, what are you going? What, what are you going for? Is Halloween? Can't you tell by my outfit? <laughs> no. Um, oh, you didn't get your Christmas bonus this year, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're all back on the bridge, and then he goes up there dragging in Moff Gideon. He's got the child with him, and he's holding the yeah. the dark saber. And Bo-Katan immediately sees that. And she's like, "What have you done?" Like thinking like it's a bad thing, right? And I think Moff Gideon starts laughing and whatever, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" I mean. He's like, your, your dark saber, you take it. You can have it. And he's like, no, that's not, you that's don't not understand. How it works. Yeah, you have to, you have to defeat the person to be the holder of the dark saber. Mando's like, okay, fuck you, I yield. Here. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like I don't, I don't like this. Doesn't matter to me. I just want my baby. <laughs> that's all he fucking cared about in this entire season. He didn't care about anybody else's fucking problems. He only yeah. helped them because he knew it was going to further right. his goal right. of getting his baby. I don't know why I'm saying like I watched too much Maury this week. <laughs> he is the father. Does the little Dougie dance and shit. Oh god. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a nice back and forth. I liked how uh, Bo-Katan. She wasn't saying anything. She was just kind of like she was on like she was a little higher up level wise, and so she was kind of like looking down at him. And just that look that she had on her face, like, yeah. oh, God, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to kill you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to kill you for this. Which fucking- technically, if I'm not mistaken, in Rebels, she didn't defeat anybody. Uh, collectively, they gave her the the, the dark saber, right? Right. So why is it different now? Sabine is a character in Rebels, and she actually had it. She defeated, um, I forget. It was another another Mandalorian that was working for the Empire, whatever. She defeated him. And at the end of it, she decided to hand it over to Bo-Katan because she says that she's going to be a better leader. Mm-hmm. She would make a better leader than what she would be. So, Just like right now in the current state, she'd be a better leader than Mandalorian. I was, I was reading a couple things into this uh, on on the interwebs. Uh, fan theories, of course, because there's nothing official just yet. We'll have to find out next season. But Next year. Ugh. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> hey, at least this isn't in on a cliffhanger. 
That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so one a couple of things is the reason why she couldn't take it now, but she took it from Bocatan was maybe. Uh, maybe feeling guilt for taking it from Bo-Katan, I mean, taking it from Sabine last time, mm-hmm. and now she's got to say, "Look, I, I did it last time. I can't keep doing that. You know, I got to earn it. You know, yeah. to, to to be for real, whatever." Another one is, I want to say in Rebels that the person that Sabine defeated, he just took it, like he wasn't the rightful owner of it. So it wasn't a, a battle that was necessary to earn right. the weapon because that battle was on yeah. stolen ground anyway. But this one was apparently at some point Moff Gideon defeated Bo-Katan for it. Yeah, that's I think that's what they said mm-hmm. at some point. All all we know is he got it at some point from her. Yeah, um, assume he knows everything. But so now to 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 get it back, she had to defeat him. Well, she can't defeat him because it's already been defeated. So now she's got to defeat Mando. the person who defeated the mm-hmm. person, right? So that's gonna be interesting, and now when we wrap this all up, we're talking. We've already talked about Luke Skywalker being the big reveal. Hey, by the way, uh, not a whole lot. And R two and R two. There you go. You stole my thunder, <laughs> but whatever. But yeah, I was not. It makes sense that he was there, but I wasn't expecting to see R two kind of roll around. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. I kind of I think I marked out more for that than I did Luke. <laughs> I think after the after the um, and I don't know how they would have been able to pull this off. Maybe her daughter or something, but. After what I saw in the in the latest trilogy, I might have been more. I would have might have been more satisfied if it was Princess Leia. Mm, no, because no. Leia Leia's are always had the relationship with R two before Luke did, and mm, I just sort of. It was, but it, it, it wasn't feels, a relationship. It, it was just more or less. She just it was a droid to her. I kind of it just. In the moment, I marked the fuck out for everything. Right. The, the the way Luke handled the troopers, just like Vader in Rogue One, when he yeah when they when they escaped with the plans. Um, but after the dopamine wore off, and I've had a couple nights sleep and a couple of beers, I was like, oh man, this turned out to be another another Skywalker show. Yeah, that's what the whole thing boiled down to. I just a part of me wished that. I think a part of me wished that Mando would have tried learning more about the force since it's new to him and learning it from Grogu than well, having Grogu go off to someone else. Because, w- again, I don't know how much people are going to be invested in season three if 80% of that, 80% of these first two seasons were Mando and Grogu. Right. And if they're not together anymore... Are people still gonna want to? Are the casual still gonna want to watch? That's the that's the hundred thousand dollar question, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, seven dollars a month, but yeah, depending. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so the way this show ends, which very emotional, like when oh, yeah. when Grogu's like putting his his face his hand on his on his helmet, and then he takes off his helmet in front of everybody, yeah, um, and he puts his his hand on his face. Come on, I mean, come on, that's mm-hmm. that's your Pixar uh, yep. emotional <laughs> emotional moment right there. Um, and then sponsored he, by Kleenex. Yeah, and so he finally like he he gives uh, Luke uh, Grogu, and he says, you know, take you know, train him, do what you know, do whatever you got to do. Um, he doesn't know if he's gonna see him again, right? He's just he's handing him off to to this the stranger that just kind of came in and saved the day, which we didn't really talk about that about how Luke looks. What do you think of the the CGI? And everything? you didn't like it. The hair looked uh, the face looked fine when it wasn't talking. Okay. Once it started talking, it looked like 
it looked like the, vis- the visually the it like a rubber mask. Yeah, almost. it wasn't complete. Like it, the, it, a lip reader couldn't understand what he was saying. And if you're doing good CGI, a lip reader would understand what a CGI would say, even if yeah. it's CGI. The hair looked completely out. I've I've seen a, after the fact now that I've watched everything. I've seen all the petitions that they wanted. Oh, let's just just have Sebastian Stan substitute as a young Mark Hamill, and if he Mark still has to do the voice or whatever, but at least it would have looked a lot better than whatever the CGI was. I just, but it wasn't that long. This wasn't no. fucking. This wasn't Justice League with Mark Hamill's with uh, what's his face's mustache. Right. So it it didn't linger long enough for me to care about it either way. When I first saw him, when I first saw the he took his hood off and I saw the reveal, I got it immediately because it was again five years after Return. This is more or less what he looked like in Return. He had the the kind of the the shorter, mm-hmm. you know, shorter cut hair. Yeah. Um, he was still blonde, like a like a dirty blonde. And he was already in black. Yeah, he's wearing black. Like you said, when the face was, he was just standing there, it looked perfect. Yeah. Then he started talking. I was like, wait, something's off. <laughs> like the chick from Ridiculousness. As soon as she starts talking, oh, God, you can't stand it. And then the laugh. <laughs> okay, like, yeah, stop, no. stop, 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 stop. It wasn't, it wasn't nearly as bad. <laughs> stop, stop. I know where you're going. Stop it. You've only seen a handful of episodes of Ridiculousness. I've seen more than I've seen a, enough. I've, I've seen more than enough. Thank you. <laughs> God damn it. This is a... They play it daily. I told you I was gonna bring this up. Daily marathons, man. Jesus, <laughs> it's like cops on G four before they pulled the plug, right? Yeah. At least when it was a Ninja Warrior, the original one, I could, I was fine. Anyway, okay. So, um, yeah, <laughs> bad CGI, bad, bad CGI, but it got the point across, and it wasn't. It was. It was enough, basically, just for us to nitpick at it. Yeah. But it it it, it accomplished what it was setting out to accomplish. Um. Because what else can you do? I mean, it's... And that's the question I'm about to ask you. Again, lately, deep diving into the internets with a Z. This idea that they're trying to... That they're trying to literally gloss over the new trilogy. Mm-hmm. Where does Luke and Grogu fit in the timeline of episodes 7, 8, and 9? Where were the Dark Troopers in 7, 8, and 9? Where was... You know... Yeah, where, because... How, how does this fit in? Or is there... I'm just wondering. Well, I think we all are because <laughs> to our understanding, once return, uh, the Jedi ended, the empire was finished, but this show is saying, Hey, they weren't really finished. They were still remnants th- scattered throughout the, mm-hmm. the galaxy that was still trying to uphold the, the, the empire. Was Be- Grogu a part of the class when Ben went crazy? See it again. This is, <laughs> I, maybe they are trying to, to retcon retcon this whole new trilogy because um we're later on not this episode but we're going to talk about this recent uh investor meeting that for disney mm-hmm. um they announced a lot of shit. a lot of star wars announcements not a single one had anything to do with ray finn or poe mm-hmm. those characters are like persona non grata at this point <laughs> yeah which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the, even the actors were ungrateful. I mean, just a whole mess. The story was a mess. The actors were a mess. If they want to retcon that whole thing, I'll be more than happy for that. But I don't see them doing that. Anyway, getting back to this. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're left off with where do they go from here, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking maybe half this season won't feature Grogu. But you're going to have to bring him back at some point, I think. Yeah. Maybe like the halfway or maybe the finale of the next season is a reunion. You get, you got to have the reunion at some point. Um, but I think the, maybe the, the primary, um, plot 
in this new season will be the dark saber and more Mandalore stuff. I think they're going to be discussing more Mandalorian aspects of, of, of everything. I've got a sneaking suspicion with a couple of tidbits that I got from the first two seasons. Um, Grogu using the force as a reflex of self-defense of being scared, uh, his emotional attachment with Mando being clearly noted by Ahsoka as not being good. Um, what are the odds that Grogu goes to the dark side? Well, that's why. Well, she he's with Luke now, so Luke's gonna take care of that. You sure? You saw how Luke ended up in the new trilogy. <laughs> Assuming again, they go with again, that. yeah. We, Unless we, they we whitewash that, and we just this is the this is the alternate universe. Thanks to the time stone, we go this way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole trilogy is stupid, anyways. Because look, it's <laughs> well, because look, it's only been like what, not even thirty years, canon wise, yeah. and like Luke is like a legend. Like this, we've heard this legend of this Luke Skywalker. Like he's been in hiding, but here he's right here. You know. You mean Skywalker? <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think I think the next season is gonna be focused on that uh, because look, no Groku for that we know of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody now, goes back into their own thing, right? So we have Boba Fett um, and Finnick. We see a post-credit scene, mm-hmm. which I missed at first. <laughs> and I was told about it later, so I had to go back and, and finish watching it and finish the credits. And yeah, we get back to Tatooine, Jabba's palace from uh, Jedi. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Bib Fortuna. He took over Jabba's mm-hmm. lair, a palace. And then uh, Boba comes in and starts blasting everybody. And then he sits in the throne. And Finnick let the chick go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now it's called The Book of Boba Fett coming December 2021. Mm-hmm. So... And that right there is going to be his own his own TV series, which I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Like I said, they redeemed that character for me. I've never really... I'm not going to say... Any more Ming-Ni Wong, give me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that too. But, you know, before Mandalorian came out, you said, okay, we're going to do a series about Boba Fett. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But now you tell me after what I've seen With in the stock two, already on there? Yeah. Now you tell me there's going to be a Boba Fett series. Like, ah, okay. okay. So, that's coming out next December of next year, and Mandalorian season three is coming out Christmas ish yeah. next year. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna see how they're gonna do that. So, um, and if they're ever gonna intermix or anything. So, but any final thoughts on uh, Mandalorian or anything? It's gonna piss off a lot of fans. It wouldn't be the first time, especially from you. It was worth the wait. Oh, why would that piss off anybody? Because I've showed up a year and a half late to the party. Normally, if somebody shows up late to a party, they open the door, they walk through, you're like, hey, this motherfucker came. What's up? What's up the dilly? Nice. And- Dude, I waited 10 years <laughs> to watch Clone Wars. <laughs> you get it. You get it. Thank you. Yeah. So, But it was cool. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to take the same approach to next season. I don't know if I want to watch it week by week like everyone else or just hold off until the season's over and just one sitting just plow through the whole thing that's my plan right now with the boys from uh season two of the boys i'm I, i'm gonna watch the whole thing and yeah good luck with that yeah, yeah really ah oh, come on now um but that's a topic for another show okay um so yeah but it was worth the wait i'm i'm i was thoroughly i was Clearly, pleasantly surprised. Clearly, clearly pleased. Yeah, yeah, thoroughly pleasantly surprised. Yeah, a whole bunch of things. <laughs> yeah. He said, you're so excited, you can't even talk right. I know, right? I spoke all wrong. 
Yeah. So uh, he can't speak no right. <laughs> That's uh, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I'm I'm ready for I'm ready for everything Star Wars related coming our way next this, year. Yeah, this has been um probably my my favorite TV show for the last year. You know, for the best two you know past two seasons. There's not a whole lot going on TV lately, so it's just this gets me excited more or less because it's given me hope for the franchise mm-hmm. of Star Wars because let's be honest ever since Disney bought it like the the film trilogies has been shit basically i mean name me collectively one, collectively it's it's forgettable yeah. right there's no magic in this new in the new franchise there's magic on the show like there was in the original trilogy and that goes back again to John Favreau, Dave Filoni. Um, and speaking of John, uh, John Favreau, look at this. Think about this for a second. He decides to, he, he wants to make a Christmas movie. Elf becomes instant classic. Yep. He wants to make a superhero movie. Iron Man. Classic. It, no, it, it starts the whole, <laughs> he, he, be, he begins the whole MCU yeah. universe. He wants to do a Star Wars TV series. He reboots, like he, he puts this new freshness on this whole franchise. He re, yeah. he reboots this franchise. Episode four point one. He reboots this whole franchise. Yeah, like he can't, like he's got the magic touch, you know. Just like everything that. turns to money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, so, John Favreau, God bless you. You're doing the Lord's work. Please don't die. Yeah. 2020 is taking everybody. <laughs> Dave Filoni, I mean, I've, I've praised him, but John Favreau, he deserves some love too. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. This this one was a long time coming <laughs> for Woo! for uh, yeah. our Armando episode. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, stick around. There's going to be some more episodes real, real soon. soon. Um, so enjoy them while they last. Uh, so catch up on this and any of our old past episodes uh, at popculturerewind.com. Um, also, anywhere you get your podcast from. Um, Google so, us on YouTube if you want to look at us. No, you, no, you don't want to do that. Okay. Um, so until next time, always remember to pop your culture. This is the way. This is the way.
Because I already forgot. You already forgot? You just been, you were just singing it. <laughs> I don't do the whistling part. I just do the to doom. How does it go? And then you go. <laughs> All together now. <laughs> I'm so glad I was recording that. <laughs>